Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation. This is, um, well, I'm excited for every episode. It's still a blessing. I still can't believe we get paid to talk about sports, meet incredible people. Wait, we get uh, paid? Learn from the- where's my, I, I where's my end of this? What are, are you holding out on me? What do you mean we get paid? What kind of shit is this? But How I'm much do we get paid? Not, where's my money? It's not much. <laughs> it's not much. But well, you know, we're growing. We we hit record listens last week. Our YouTube channel is doing amazing things. Shout out to Shane, our team. We couldn't be here without you guys. But I'm so excited for today's episode because, I mean, for, there's a few reasons. One, I love, love, love how this lady in the hobby story tells through her stories. I said that to you before. I think you're one of the best visual communicators in the space. It makes sense kind of knowing a little bit about your background. I will get into that. I love the business that she works with. I'm a big fan of all you guys know that. Um, she's building the brand for them. And I'm just a fan of the whole team that she's building out and the vibe that you guys have. Because it's not easy to build a remote culture. And I think you have done a really, really good job with that. So Adriana Guerrero, did I say that right? You said it right. Let's go. Uh, welcome to the show. Head of marketing for, for all. Awesome communicator, world traveler, foodie, boxer, athlete, all of the things. Welcome to the show. I'm very, very excited. Hi guys, so nice to be here. You know, I love Lucas Tigers and Bronze with all of my heart. So, really stoked to be on this episode today. Literally, a boxer, a boxer, a boxer. Yeah. Andrew's a boxer. Did you know that? I know we connected on that level. Yeah, Andrew's a boxer. I have to know what is behind you. Is that is uh, for our YouTube people? Is that are those vinyl? Are those vinyl uh, yeah. albums? Yep. So these are vinyl records. Oh my God! Why actual, are they not all graded? Actual records, and then I got a whole bunch of sneakers, cards, Nike tchotchkes, just Look whatever. Oh, a little mascot card! I have one of those. Somebody gave me one at the national. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask: I mean, you got vinyl, you got Nike, you got all this stuff. Have you always been a collector, or is this just a new thing now? Is this something you know that you've been with you the whole time? You know, I have always been a collector. I worked at Nike for 13 years. And so I, of course, just, I love sneakers with all of my heart, with everything in me. I left Nike with about a thousand pairs. And, um, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've just collected other things. I thought she was going to say a thousand shares. Like I heard it. I left Nike with a thousand shares. That too. That too. It's funny how we picture this. You think a thousand shares. I have her like, you know, leaving with like a truck, like in the middle of the night, she's taking a thousand pairs. Like Nike doesn't know about it. And when this episode no. drops, they're going to be like, give me the shoes back. What are you doing? No, leaving no, with a thousand. No, that wasn't it. Breaks. <laughs> that was Nike. All legit. Um, but yeah, I've been a collector um, and an investor. So I love the hobby and the industry that we're in. And um, yeah, looking forward to talk- talking about it. Share with us. So we're going to go a million different directions. I do want to tell the story about how you found all because that's one of that's an all timer. But for people that don't know, um, I mean, your resume, like your life resume is pretty impressive. Could you tell like your origin story of how you found yourself at Nike? Some of the things you've done, because it's really impressive. Um, Thank you. So just in a nutshell, I 
grew up in Indiana on a farm, which most people are really surprised to hear about. So I raised chickens and ducks growing up, a Hoosier, so loving sports, loving basketball, soccer, tennis, everything. Um, and I, I mean, I was just an athlete my entire life. My mom bribed me with sports cards um, growing up to play the piano, to do my homework. So I got in early into sports cards, probably like fourth, fifth grade and in, in the mid nineties. Um, and then once I got to Indiana university, I just started pounding the pavement and I was a street teamer, AKA hustler for a lot of different companies, record labels, um, marketing agencies, food and beverage, so I started throwing parties, making relationships, meeting people, hosting MC battles and breakdance battles. And um, that's how you met Andrew. Spins on his head. No, it wasn't a breakdance battle. I wish. <laughs> um, but no, you, that's you did this at college. Like first year you were just like you started. I was, I was in it because I was a, I felt like I was a little sheltered growing up on a farm. And I was like, wow, there's this huge world out there with loads of culture, lots of people that, you know, I had never seen or met or heard from before. And so I just wanted to intake as much as I could. Um, fast Indiana. forward. Nice. Indiana. Yeah. Yes. I am a Hoosier through and through. Not French like Larry Bird. Mm -mm. Wow. Mm -mm. No. All right. I know, um, that's, you know it's different. Well, I, I get it. A little before her time, Calvert Chaney was a big Mr. Indiana there in the early oh, yeah. 90s. Yep, yep, yep. Shout so out Bobby Knight. Little Bobby Knight throwing some chairs. Mm -hmm. All right, so you, you hustled your way through college. Yep. Right? MC yep. battles, you know, and you had to tell Andrew he was disqualified for the illegal breakdancing moves that he was doing on the linoleum floor. Although impressive, Andrew. Although impressive. Do you have anything to do with the movie You Got Served? I think I wonder if people remember that movie. Oh no, I had nothing to do with that movie. <laughs> really? <laughs> what? Did you remember that movie, Cage? Uh, yes, I do. It was like yes. a flash in the pan, and then never came back. But that was like that was that was iconic for my generation. Like, do people still break dance and do that stuff? Of course. Yeah. And they rap battle too. Be yeah. rabbit. You know, you only get one chance. You only get one shot. You know. Yeah. I mean. Dude, of course they, they stomp the yard, you know, they bring it on with cheerleading outfits. Like they got all kinds not of the stuff same, going not the on. Same. Great references. No, that's is not that, the same. Is that how you met Nas though? Like at a, you he was at one of your MC battles? No, that's that's yeah. not how I met Nas. Um so we're moving along. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> we skipped the chapter. <laughs> I graduated from Indiana uh, in sports broadcast because originally I wanted to be on camera as a sideline reporter. That didn't work out, though, because I decided after interning that I didn't want to report on the news, but I wanted to create the news. And so I think that was a game changer in my life. Went to New York, started working for a music marketing agency where, again, we were throwing parties with record labels, with rappers, with artists every single night. Wow. Um, yeah. And so this is, this is, again, how I learned how to hustle, how I learned how to start to play into a very male-dominated industry and, and learn how to hold my own and have some confidence. 
And this is where I met Nas. Yes, amongst a lot of other people. <laughs> was it before or after Jay-Z murdered him? Oh, hey. He's uh, harsh. No? He is harsh. I mean, I mean look, Nas is a great lyricist. I mean, you know, Ether was, was, was fun. <laughs> Obviously, Illmatic was a fantastic album. Even Jay-Z gives him credit for that. But if I mean, I that's the a world. one good album every 10-year average. Look, I mean, you're... That's a Jay-Z lyric right there, Andrew, in case you are wondering. Yeah, I mean, you The others argue... was due. You got Biggie, Tupac, Nas, Jay-Z. Like, it's hard to compare all of these guys. <laughs> Listen, I like I like Nas. I mean, I'm, I'm... I think I have more Nas songs on my playlist my little you know amazon music playlist than any other any other artist out there so i'm a fan mm -hmm. so you met nas what were you doing with nas where's andrew are you driving are you on like a wheelchair like an electric scooter this is no, cool, i'm gonna get like closer those, to the wi-fi it's like one of those little baby you know videos where like the baby takes the phone and like runs around the house like, like, like that that's kind of what I it like looks that. like Nas. All right. Well, so I can't make fun of Nas. I can't say that Jay-Z murdered him. I'm not allowed. I'm sorry. We've touched the nerve. Okay. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, someone my age shouldn't even know who Nas is. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, it's, I would it's, say those rap, those rap battles, the hobby beef or the, the rap beef, I think they benefit both people. I think they do it strategically. Like I'm sitting here thinking, should we start finding beef with other no. content creators in the space? No. Absolutely no. not. Terrible no. idea. No. Not a you good what, business strategy. This is a, you know when AG decided she didn't want to report on the news, but she wanted to be the news? That's Andrew. Andrew doesn't want to just talk about the hobby. He wants to cause hobby drama. Like, you know, <laughs> the, I'm like, Andrew, what do, you, what do you want to do, man? You know, uh, we're going to come to East Coast National. Yeah, we should go to East Coast National. Or, yeah, what do you want to do? You want to buy some cards? You want to buy some Luca? I want to start a brawl. <laughs> like, oh, let's just start a hobby brawl. It'll be great. It'll make for great content. I'll just start a brawl. <laughs> Ever said that? No, no he didn't. But it would be funny if he did, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure we would have a lot of content creators down to record that. So, and this all led you to Beaverton, Oregon, Nike. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, yep. This is like a sought-after job. Like everyone in the world wants to work in Beaverton for Nike on the Nike campus. That is correct. Yeah, but um. You know, I just cold called, applied on the website. I didn't know anybody. I had never been to Oregon, but I knew that I wanted to work at Nike wow. as a sports girl. And uh, so I applied to my first job there. I got a call back. They flew me out. They kept calling me back and they just offered me the job. So it was just like right place, right time. It was in soccer, uh, soccer brand marketing in Los Angeles. And, um, you know, the stars aligned. Not only did she hey, get to work for hey, Nike, it's AG. she gets to work in LA for Nike. She didn't have to go to Oregon. Yeah, it's true. I just, <laughs> I got Great. lucky. I got, I got really lucky. Uh, how many times do you have to interview? They run you through the little the gauntlet there a little bit, right? I mean, they I, don't, did. I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't we say had, it's luck. Yeah, had to interview probably like six times. Yeah, it's not so, luck. You know, yeah, yeah, you, you, you had to earn that. You had to earn yeah. your swoosh. Earn that swoosh. Yeah, so I started at Nike in soccer, soccer brand marketing, because, I, I mean, I was a soccer player. I love soccer. And uh, just worked my way up, up and up and up through the ranks. I was there for 13 years. 
um, the majority of my time in brand marketing and the actually the majority of time in a very specific area called energy marketing, energy marketing and uh, collaborations. Kind of an MC host, excellent storyteller, visual communicator. What do you like before we get to how you got the alt? Like, what do you think? How do I word this? What do you think makes you such a great marketer, right? Because everyone, they're the marketing such a buzzword, buzzword, buzzword. But mm -hmm. you, you've seen it all. And, and maybe this is how we could even help the people listen to the show, add value. What makes a good marketer in 2022? Hmm. Great question. Um, I think a great marketer, you should always have your own point of view. Double down on that point of view. Don't let anybody sway it. Of course, intake all the information and be informed, but your point of view is is gold. Um, I think creating brands, you need to have, you need to be connected. So whether it's relationships to people, to cities, um, to things, you need to have some kind of a real authentic connection to, to what you love. Um, and then... I think just energy, like you need to be available to talk to people and to share the energy, share your energy with the world. Not, listen, best answer I've ever heard because it comes on the heels. I'm being serious. It comes on the heels of, of your Nike story, right? And it's like, you know, you have to be available. You have to put it out there. You have to go for something that you love. I mean, you start off by saying, you know, I just always knew I wanted to work for Nike. It's just something I always wanted to, I knew I wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't because you had a cousin who was there or an uncle who was there or whatever it was. And you, you made a phone call and you didn't stop. You, you know, you, you, you were open, you know, you, you had your energy out there. You knew you were going to be tied to Nike. And you want, I have a feeling, although we didn't go down this road, right? That had you been, um, had the door been shut on you for Nike that first time around after interview number five, if your number six wouldn't have, you know, would have been thrilled with you. Well, you probably would have tried again in a month or two, or maybe you would have got a job at, um, you know, Adidas for six months and then moved over and said, look at the experience I brought over, uh, you know, to Nike. Um, so I, I love the answer. Uh, you know, Andrew, you talk about value, you know, for the episodes. I mean, they're really, it is right there, right? I mean, if you figure out what you want and just go get it. You know what I mean? This is an it's Andrewisms, man. You guys have to get along, I'm sure, because well, it, it brings you to my <laughs> next question. Personality traits. We're buddies. I can't. I can't wait till we meet again. Uh, by, by the way, I never got a chance to like really say thank you. Uh, the event that you had at National the night before everything started was my favorite event. It was so chill. It was low key. It was well done. I got to play um, Papa Shot. Papa Shot with Lefko. Yeah, he he's got some game, and. Why, maybe why and when did you know that you no longer want to be at Nike and you wanted to do something in sports cards collectibles? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, being at a very big corporate company for, I think, over 10 years, it starts to become less about the actual work that you're delivering to the customer and the consumer and more about managing up and managing the internal processes. And so I felt like I had learned so much. I had the best mentors. Um, it was like a, a you know, 13 year education at Nike. 
And I wanted to take this somewhere else, uh, preferably a startup that I could just help build and grow and bring all of this new to so we could create something new. Listen, when all finally has their, their event planned for national for this year, you got to let me know ahead of time because I didn't get there, you know, the night before everybody. And Andrew has talked probably about a dozen times on our show since about how that was the best event of the national. It was so well done. He got to hang out with people. I just feel left out. You know, I, got, I went Wednesday to Sunday and I was there. It wasn't like I flew in on Friday and, you know, left. I was there Tuesday's a long time. Tuesday. Will- so he to be says, Tuesday's when it goes down. I'm going to have to come on Tuesday now. We'll build the event around you this year, Kate. <laughs> yes. Man, not enough people in the hobby have that sort of respect for the cage man. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. That's it. As a matter of fact, no it. one does. I get sure, false. Sure, sure, false. false. This th- this might be the most flattering. When I heard this story, it still blows. I still don't believe people listen to our show. Let it, but you listen to an episode of Lucas Tiger's Bronze with Lior. Yes. You heard him say that he's hiring, and you did what you do great. Open the door. Is that? Yes. That is a correct story. When I tell it, people actually can't even believe it either. Um, (laughs) So I will retell it. So during COVID, during the height of COVID, uh, I got way back into collecting sports cards, as well as like some other stuff too. And just intaking as much information, watching all of the YouTubers, um, listening to every podcast that I could. And I got tipped off to your guys' show uh, a couple months prior to some friends in the game. And I tuned in one day and Lior was the guest. And so I was listening and I was like, man, this guy is really, he's smart. And he's like, he's saying similar things that I'm thinking. And I listened to it probably like, honestly, four or five times. And I was like, I like him. Okay, alt, let me just type it in. Onlyalt.com. He said he was hiring head of marketing right there. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to (laughs) apply. And I started following him on Instagram. I slid into the comments at the right time during a Luka Doncic moment when he posted a Luka Doncic card. What did you say? Again, magic. What was the comment? Um, Lior had just bought his first Luca card, and it was the night where I think Luca he did something crazy. He made like a crazy last minute shot, and uh, I said something about like what a perfect time it was to buy your first Luca card, and he liked it. And then the next day, I got a call back from them. So there you go. It all started with Lucas Tigers and Bronze. You guys making magic happen. It all started with you getting getting off the farm, going to IU and hustling. And because it's a theme, like AG. Let's be real, it's a theme. Like you know how to open doors. That's really no. Nice. That's really nice like, of you to say. Maybe. I remember from that episode, he said something. It was, it'll stick with me too, because. You know, we think if I buy a base Zion Prism PSA 10, I have more upside than if I buy, you know, like his national treasures. But actually what he said, it's very counterintuitive. I'll always remember this, that most of the alpha is in those high ticket items, those high dollar items. And actually the lower ones, if you compare, even when Zion cards do well, even when Luca cards do well, the best assets outperform the risky base silver, even the number parallels. Yep. That's why our podcast goes up, man. We're the best asset out there. 
<laughs> Our numbers are always going up. There's even some of these little guys, and they come and go, but boom, best asset out there. Women in the hobby. How did you get involved in that? Involved in it at all? I am. I, I mean, I love those girls who are running it, uh, Sam and Hannah. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to them a lot, see them a lot. And because there are just so few of us in the hobby, it's nice to just have this like support system around you for people that you can always, um, you know, call or DM or message. Uh, we have a Facebook group. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's a, it's just a really nice, nice group, like supportive group to be a part of. And I'm not allowed in the Facebook group. Just in case anybody. No, 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 you are. Did somebody say you weren't? Not allowed. No, I'm not allowed. His membership got denied. But I was. I I applied, and they said no. They said no, not you. Anybody but you was actually what they what they said. But don't worry, I'm going to get a job at Adidas. Six months, I'm going to apply again. You know, when I apply, it doesn't just. I I don't just ace all the interviews. You know, I some for some reason I get rejected. It's just you know, it's a story of my life. I'm going to keep trying. That's the deal. What would you think of Mint Collective? You know, have you been you've been to some other shows before that? What do you think, comparison wise? You name yes. it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was at Industry Summit last year, um, and then Mint Collective this year, and then you know, I, I I go to a lot of different card shows throughout the year, and I thought Mint and what Collectible did with IMG, they they did a great job. Like they really elevated the trade show experience. They made it feel very premium. Um, I appreciated how they brought in some new hosts, women, people of color, um, giving us an opportunity to speak and then just trying to vary up some of the topics. So, yeah, I can't wait for next year. Looking forward to see how they continue to bring in more um, more customers and and more women, more people of color, too, who are actually buying the cards and listening to the speakers. So, so you've been promoted to head of marketing for mint what do you do different next year what do you add to it wow okay wow did lior buy did lior buy mint did she leave is she like is it she's allowed to have moonlighting she could do two jobs we're just we're, 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 we're living his best life in miami right now so. we're in hypothetical we are, land okay. yeah so i'm working with ezra on this perhaps it's a joint venture it's a joint venture it's a joint venture I would I would push the topics more um, in the panels because we we tend to hear similar themes, similar topics in person and then also, you know, on YouTube shows and on podcasts. So I would try to to zigzag even a little bit more and teach people something new, bring in completely different guests and speakers uh, and then also do some interactive uh, experiences, um, whether it's more fun experiences, also learning and development. I think like pairing people up in small groups, giving people assignments, uh, that would be a great way to step up for next year. Create your own trading card. Okay. Yeah. That could be something. Cage got his grail at, at Mint. He got a, a Goonies card. With an Oregon, it's an Oregon kind of you know like uh, connection to it. Uh huh. Goonies, the Goonies is a story, you know, like the the mountain in the back or the rock. Oh, she's she has seen Goonies. 
If you haven't seen Goonies, you're not allowed to listen to the show. <laughs> no, it was you know, it was just Chunk with his cool shirt. It looked like he's about to do the truffle shuffle kind of thing. You know, it was definitely one of those kind of things. And his autograph. Congrats. Congratulations. Now I need mouth. I need Mikey. You, you know what? I don't know. Oh. Poor sucker. <laughs> I don't know. Who was I? Who was I with? I don't even remember. I mean, maybe Manny will remember who it was. I should have taken note. But AJ, I'll tell you why I was mad, right? I'll tell you, I'll tell the story, right? So I see this card, and it's in the middle of like a sports, you know, showcase. And I see that card, and I'm like, oh man, it's got ninety dollars marked on it. I kept the sticker on it and everything for the story. It's got ninety bucks on it, and I said, oh, chunk, I'll take that. I'll give you sixty dollars. No one's asking for this. You know, everybody wants Mbappe. Everybody, wants uh, we're in Vegas. Nobody even knows who that is. You're right, Chunk. He's like, no, man. So many people are asking that. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm sure it's the most talked about card in your showcase. Yeah, take 70. And he's like, no, I really want $90 for it. Like, I've had a lot of people ask about it. I know I'm going to sell it by the end of the show. No way. I'm like, all right, look, I have – he has four 20s. I got 80 bucks in my pocket. You know, I had to take it out of a lot of hundreds, but so it wasn't exactly believable that I only had 80 bucks. But, yeah, I got 80 bucks. Just take it for $80. He's like, I really want 90. I'm like, I start walking away. Literally, the guy comes walking over next to me. He's like, oh, Goonies. I'm like, does he work with you? Here, take the damn hundred. You know, take, I take 90 bucks. <laughs> I pretend that I take 100. Just take 100 bucks and give me the card. It's crazy, but I, I'm happy. I would have paid, if he thinks he got over, I would have paid 300 for that card. You so know I what? feel like I got, you got a great story out of it too. Content. Exactly. AJ, right you in. come from you collected sneakers, collect vinyl, yeah. you're a collector at heart, right? And there's a big debate in the hobby. Because if, if we think about sneakers, they're sneaker flippers, right? Yes. And I, I I do that too. Amazing. That even makes this question better. I feel a little unrest, tension, friction. Not a ton, but a little bit of, hey, you know, this hobby is just for collectors. It's not for flippers. It's not for investors. And I'm curious your take. You've, you've seen a few different spaces now. Is there room for all of us? How should the flippers with the collectors interact? You know, do you also see that in the space? Like, what, what do you think about the relationship collectors to flippers? Mm -hmm. I... You know, I hear this question from time to time, and I just, I still don't understand it when people say this. Um, I think I actually got this from from one of your guys' shows, is that I, I try to ask everybody that I meet, what percentage collector versus investor do you think you are? Um, I think you guys used to ask this maybe like a year ago, and it's always stuck with me too. So I, I, I ask people this too, because it really just starts to, have them internalize like what they're really doing this for and have to be honest with themselves about it. Because I think a lot of people aren't honest sometimes, or they just say, uh, you know, collecting it for my PC if it doesn't work out. Um, everybody wants to make money. I, I mean, I, how I dare you say that you're not a real collector. No, I think like at the end of the day, I think collectors want to make money too. Um, and me personally, I am, I'm an investor with a little bit of nostalgia and uh, collector in me because I love the stories. I love remembering the experiences about where things came from and why I bought it. But at the end of the day, I like making money. 
And so I think there's a lot of people out there like me too. Would you say 90, 10? Uh, for me, I'm 85% investor. Yeah. Cage, yeah. what about you? You know, a couple of years ago, I would have said probably like 50, 50, you know, I was buying stuff to keep, right. I was buying cards to keep. And I was also doing um, a lot of the flipping, you know what I mean? Like buying base cards and, you know, grading them and selling them, but no intention of ever keeping them again, just to build up the bankroll. It's funny. You would think I'm going to slide more towards um, a collector more now than, than, and I, I probably am, but not through my own choice. I had a lot of fun doing that flipping. I had a lot of fun finding a bargain card, grading it, selling it. I had a lot of fun doing that. And the landscape has changed so much that it's harder to do. You know what I mean? You can't just grade with PSA anymore. Definitely not cheap. It's 50 bucks. And, you know, you yeah. got to wait, you know, 17 years for your cards back. Um, and, you know, SGC, BGS. I mean, there are other grading options, but not as much certainty still regarding what that investment is going to get you back. You used to know, okay, if I send these cards in, if 50% of them 10 and 50% of them 9, I'm going to make four times my money. You know what I mean? Like you were able to do that and I'll have it in a month and be able to roll that money into the next thing. That was fun, you know? And I don't think there's as much of that going on now. Um, so you, you're kind of forced to be more of a collector, I think. I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for, but... I what about you, Andrew? Yeah, it's Andrew. Changed. What about you? It's it's changed. So like when I first got into it, I would say like 95% flipping, 5% collecting, which was like Kobe rookies. But even those, I was, they went up so much. I said, I, I, I need the money. Like I, I'm not rolling in dough. I haven't been collecting for four decades. I decided to be an entrepreneur and that means paying the bills, you know, and putting food on the table. And I love cardboard, but I want to eat and I want to live in nice luxury villas. Uh, <laughs> but tongue-in-cheek um, but now like Cage said when you get burned on flipping a few times or you make the wrong investment you also learn that hey if I just held on to the thing I had the most conviction in instead of trying to like you know outsmart the market I would be doing a lot better yep so I I'm learning it I don't know. I don't know. I love the buy raw grade and flip. Like that's where I come from. Like we're, we're immigrants. My dad did that with muffins. I want to do that with cards. So like who graded the muffins? <laughs> Sam's club. Nice. Blueberry killed. Nice. Yeah. Like, I came yeah. From a small family business, like a cafe. Like my dad would buy muffins at Sam's club, you know, buy coffee. It'd have a little coffee nook and he would buy them for a dollar, sell them for two, He'd pay off his staff and, you know, maybe get make 10 cents on the dollar. So that's my my DNA. But I also am learning to collect and understand that space. I'm lucky I have what I think is the best host, best business partner in the world in Cage. Oh, who yeah. He's patient with me. He teaches me, he educates me. But I want to ask you, it's not easy to lead a team in general, but to lead a remote team. And like that, right? Like this whole remote culture, such a fascinating thing that we're just in the beginning stages, right? More and more companies, you're not going to be in the office together. How do you motivate people? How do you hold them accountable? How do you inspire them? How do you make sure that they really love what they do? All that stuff. So you run a remote culture. Yeah. And all. What's that been like, right? Like you go from being on campus, Beaverton, Oregon, 
all the time you see your people to remote culture. Can you share that experience? Yeah. Yeah, that's another great question. Um, he has a few of them from time to time. <laughs> They're all in this one episode, though. So feel feel lucky. <laughs> Cut this shame. This is good. <laughs> so fortunately, Alt was birthed during COVID, and so our company and our team knows nothing different. Um, of course, you know we have previous experiences, but uh, working together via Zoom via Slack is just in our DNA at this point. Uh, with my marketing team, I, I mean, you guys know, I love like human interaction and I think relationships are key to everything that we do. Um, so I try to get my team together, uh, at card shows or, um, for quarterly offsites. So the last offsite I took my team to was down at complex con in long beach to check out sneakers and music and just culture and just you know, in, like immerse yourself in, in all of this and do it together. Um, and because we we do save a lot of money by not having offices these days. You can take that and redirect it towards these these other little experiences that you can have um, building culture with your team in other ways. Yeah. What if they get demotivated? What if they don't do what you ask them to do? Uh oh. He's not he's not talking about anyone on our team specifically when you guys listen to this. This is not he's not taking a shot. This is not like well, it's hard to motivate them. Like we have a guy, you know, who he he went to mint with Cage, got a shirt, he became a celebrity almost overnight. Now he's sick. You know, he's sick. He and his kids gave him, you know, he, he can't talk for more than three minutes, so he doesn't answer my calls. What do I do to motivate this fellow? Or this girl. Or this yeah, girl. yeah. I I mean, being a manager in general is tough. It's a skill. It's a talent. And quite honestly, it's not for everybody. Like if you're if you're not a people manager, um, you it's easy to say, but you, sh you shouldn't be managing people because the majority of what I do at this point, I would say like 75% of my day and my job is motivating and managing my team. All I want is to personally develop everybody um, at Alt. And hopefully they will succeed and one day be my bosses. To motivate your team, would you tell them that they are entitled and that they should stop <laughs> acting? They should stop acting entitled and just do their directed job. at him. He had my password and he saw that report. Oh, what is happening? <laughs> Absolutely not. That's the wrong way to manage. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, we learn. We learn. We, you know, How often do learn. you guys see each other? Andrew and I, we've been in the same physical space, what, three times? <sighs> National was the first time ever. Then where, where else? Where else did I see you? Hofstra. Bleaker, Hofstra. Yeah, Hofstra. And we, uh, yeah, that was, that was well, it. We I don't did remember Bleaker. National too well because, you know, you let me in a room. I baked it out. You came home. You told me to oh, buy yeah. all the women. Yeah. And then yeah. So that was a that's a fun one. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I did make a post at Mint about how Andrew didn't come because it was a five hundred dollar fine if you smoked weed in the room, and they'll find you. They'll know. Um, everybody responded like that's baloney. But I tried to put one of my sodas in the mini fridge, and they charged me eighteen dollars. Yeah, I know. I didn't use anything from the mini fridge. It's weighted. I must I have just it. touched something. Or something. I don't know what the hell happened. I got an $18 charge. I'm like, what the hell is this? Mm -hmm. MG, MGM. What are you MGM. doing to me? I messed oh. up. I better just go back there and chug one of them bottles out of there if I get to charge me for it anyway. Sure. But so anyway, at the National, 
oh, poor Andrew. He didn't have a room for the last night. And I was leaving one night earlier than him. So I said, why don't you just take my room for the last night? I have it. You just, you know, crash in the room. He's waking up early the next morning. Of course, though, I get to the airport and my flight is delayed like six different times until they say, like, you couldn't get a flight attendant, couldn't get a flight attendant, couldn't get a flight attendant. Oh, now we have no pilot. So we all went back home and I'm like, oh, you know, some people crash in the airport. Um, I went back to the hotel. I'm like, I text Andrew. I'm like, Andrew, I got to come back to the room, right? Now, I figured I crashed on the floor. You know, we're, I would never I'll, allow that. I'll, I'll sleep in a shower. I don't have to sleep. I'd only put my bag down somewhere, whatever, yeah. you know. But I get in, the poor guy, he's like all huddled up, you know, in one of the couch chair kind of things. He like leaves the bed, right? And, and two things happen here that are noteworthy for the show. One, I walk in the room. It is legit a cloud. It is uh, just a full no. cloud. Right? They don't let you open windows in hotels. It makes no sense. The whole room is just that. I mean, there's like grinders. Okay. There's, I mean, you name it. It is like. <laughs> yep. You only need one. It's I'm like, you know, gr- there's, there's pipes and bowls and dugouts and bongs, you know, whips and chains. There's all kinds of craziness. I don't know what was going on in my room. I get in the bed and I'm like, hey, by the way, you got to buy this. I'm like, he's passed out. But not my fault. He's a deep sleeper. With herbal enhancement. I said, you gotta, you gotta, I just minted this world of women. I minted 40 of them. They're still minty. You gotta mint these NFTs. And he doesn't let me live it down because he doesn't believe that I said it or that he's like, what am I supposed to do in my sleep? It's two in the morning. This NFT is now like 14 ETH each. What? Yeah. Yeah. I I, (laughs) I shouldn't have sold what I did. We all have that. But basically, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I had like a $6,000 total investment in it that if I held until like now, it would be worth, I don't know, like $1.8 million or some crazy number <laughs> from July until now. I don't have any of it anymore because I'm too smart for that. So If someone would have killed me wow. at the National, like as I left, my family would be much better off right now. <laughs> AG, do you have any, so you mentioned, I mean, like 85% investor. Do you have like, what are your you'll never sell collectibles? I'll sell everything. Yes. God, she's a savage. She doesn't care. Yeah, I love that though. Why not? At the right price, why wouldn't you? Nothing. Right? Not like a Jordan signed ball, like nothing. Everything's for sale. Don't get emotionally attached, says Mikey Vinegar from Pole Wax. I'll yeah, never forget I- that. And I should have listened to him. Yes. I should have listened to Mike about my damn Jordan rookie card. I got emotionally attached. It's worth Mm -hmm. half of what I could have got for it. It's the same story. No, you. The thing, the thing, you're cleaning house, and this is the last thing you sell. I mean, it just depends on the negotiation. Like I had a mentor at Nike once, and he always said, "Win as much as you can." And so like any kind, anything that I'm selling, yeah, it all has a price tag, but I want to win as much as I can. So I don't know. It just, I like this mentor, this mentor of yours who gave you that great advice. He also was the person who told me look both ways before crossing the street. Um, (laughs) Told me, what do you mean win as much as you can? What are are you supposed to lose? (laughs) What is going on here? If you're emotionally invested, yeah. Like you're you and your Jordan, you didn't win as much as you can. I didn't. I lost, but I'll win eventually because I'm emotionally mm-hmm. attached. 
winning's but a yeah. habit. We talk about this a lot and wanting to permeate this through our culture. Because, you know, really, for all jokes aside, like the real test of a, of a leader is how well their people are winning, right? It's mm. easy to win on, on your own, or it's not easy, but if you win on your own, can you, can you, make, can you help inspire your people to yeah. win? By the way, did you see that? Did you see the two two, two T-shirts that he just had in one sentence there? Winning is a habit. We need it to permeate throughout our culture. Who speaks it's like true. this? I, I mean, like that a lot. I, I mean, I, it's you not know, English. It's like just someone who's lost a fuck ton in their life and doesn't <laughs> want to lose anymore. Like, it's really that simple. We did, I didn't maximize my potential playing college soccer, and I want to win. I don't yeah. want it all to be. Well, listen, they're great buzzwords, play. but yeah. actions speak louder than words. Right now, the only thing permeating through your culture is weed. <laughs> AG, for, for like the one person out of our audience that doesn't know all and kind of what's going on in, in that world, can you share what you guys have done or you girls have done or you gals the team has done and what kind of maybe people. the future looks like? What everyone at Alt, all the people at Alt have done. Yes. Yes. So Alt, the company where I work, uh, Alt is an alternative asset investment platform. Right now, our proof of concept is with trading cards, um, but we have an exchange, auctions, a lending product, and a vault. So um, in the future, we're going to have a lot more. We're working every single day. Our team is growing uh, massively and quickly. Um, but we hope to get into more asset classes, AKA potentially watches, comic books, sneakers. We'll see. Um, and just the, help people. Yeah. Invest differently. Is a thought that like someone who collects cards most likely has other interests and collects other things as well. Correct. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And I mean, alternative assets in general is just, um, it's becoming more recognized. So you guys saw the news about Yahoo Finance creating the the index last Friday, I think it was. So they're actually now tracking over time how collectibles are doing. And so this is the first time we are, our industry is being recognized recognized on that on that scale. When are you going to get not Yahoo still existed. Oh, shut up. You Nas to rap about it, right? I could hear a couple bars now, like, you know. Right. I know. I mean, Drake's in it. Now, all we just need to figure out. Hmm, let me see. They made me rap the other day. Uh, Prism God made me rap, and the RPS guys were trying to get me to rap. What mm. if it was something like, uh, use alt for your vault on your eBay default? Ooh, the shipping, you know, it'd be, yeah, something like that. A lot of rhyming there. Oh, and who's rap? Are you rapping this? Or no, I don't. I mean, I could rap it, but he, I he's would, ghostwriter. I would battle. I, I would writer. battle. I would battle yeah. Nas. I would. Nas would have to sing about something else. I got the vault. I have to rap about the vault because it, it, it's easy to rhyme. He can take another part of alt that's more. Okay, difficult so to it's rhyme. Nas. We're still yes. back to Nas. Nas. Okay. Yes, Nas would rap. I could rap also. You know, Drake can rhyme with. Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's what did he rhyme with? Mm -hmm. I won't be able to do it. I, I, Ag, <laughs> I want to do a, a little experiential marketing type of thing. I want to have a three-on-three, -three, or maybe oh. a five-on-five soccer oh. tournament at a show. A soccer tournament. Yes. Uh, See, she's excited. It's you all know, about surrounding yourself with the right people. I. Charity. 
I love soccer as much as you. I just don't feel like we have enough soccer players in the hobby. That's why he wants to do it. Because he's the win. only one who he can do it. As much as he, he wants can. to win as much as he can. <laughs> I uh, want the longevity of the hobby to sustain. And I do feel a little bit of health and nutrition is, is we're at a very necessary place for the hobby. Yes. I... I am wholeheartedly behind you on that. God damn it. So my suggestion is out the window. I was saying at the next show, we could have like a Chick-fil-A nugget eating competition. Because clearly, no, that's not. what I would win at. I no, want to win as much as I can. No. Uh, hey, be real. You, you started a Luca Nation Fit Fam. You know how important mm. it is. We have an Instagram group where it's just about each other supporting. You know, I'm doing 75 hard. I'm. I'm you guys, I'm that's great. There's knowing how important it is and then actually eating healthy. Those are two very yeah. different things. Mm -hmm. like, I, I got the one. It's her. It's her. I, I feel that. Uh, <laughs> I, but that is another reason why I love working at Alt. This shameless plug is that we do support each other. We, If we're going to card shows, we work out together every single morning. Um, we take juice shots at the national or any other card shot card shows. We take them wow. together. Um yeah, what and the so hell's like a juice I, shot. You mean like just like like celery juice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, she's gonna he's gonna leave. Um, but it's I mean, for you, I, yeah, I think like investing in yourself, especially just getting a lot of these people in the community realizing how important like your health and your wellness is. I think it's super important, and I can't wait to do more of that with with all. <laughs> Did you just take a juice shot, Kate? I mean, I'm I, I'm I'm flabbergasted. People do shots of celery. Yeah. Well, oh think about it, God. dude. It's like, like celery's not tasty, but if you just have like a quick little shot, you get all of the nutrition and in there's nutrition in celery. Cage one of the next time we'll have one with your name written on it. Oh my God, I don't Mark like celery. Can you can you put some ranch? in it like a little <laughs> celery ranch shot like that i can roll with little <laughs> blue cheese so coming from nike i mean who doesn't love nike right respect like respect. huge brand thank you, you you go to sports card space and one of the things that you see in sports cards is a little bit of infighting conflict all that stuff how has that been navigating that understanding it no one went to respond and no one went to be like all right you know Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is tough and it, and it is surprising and shocking. It was the first time I got called out um, publicly. It never feels good. Uh, but I think because the industry is still so small, uh, it's going to keep happening. Um, but trolls will be trolls, as we know. And I think it's always best to not feed into them, not give the, them the attention that they're seeking, because that's that's what makes them thrive. And that's what makes them um, keep doing it is just a tiny little ounce of attention from you. Is that why you troll Andrew for the attention? He's a big troll. He is I'm confrontational by nature. And if I don't have a good healthy routine and I'm gambling, I just want to start beef. Mm -hmm. I feel that. Yeah, he gets I, bored. That's why, he gets that's bored. why I box. That's why I box. I, I let it all out there. Yeah. You need it. That's good coping. Mm -hmm. It is. That's, that's healthy. I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
sometimes it's easier to open up a sports book and just be like <laughs> but yes i mean i think the sports card industry is it's tough and i think it's tough being a woman because there are so few of us um and having an opinion and putting it out there or being a new company with new ideas and trying to to do something different it's gonna it's gonna ruffle feathers like i ruffle feathers the company sometimes um you know take some shots but i think it's all great anytime people are talking about you is good um i agree with that a lot of supporters on our side and um i just we have to keep our head down and our our vision focused so so ag you say it's tough because you know it's not a lot of women in the hobby so how do we change that twofold one how do we get more women in the hobby you know what would it what would it take to kind of you know attract more women into the hobby um you know is it a different type of card is it you know uh, more panels more inclusivity like there was at the mint and then more importantly you know what what can what can the folks who are in the hobby now do you know to make it uh an easier place for the women who are already in it to thrive yeah um <clears throat> i'm with you like Women, people of color, we need more and more and more in this industry <clears throat> because diversity of thought is what is going to push us further. Pushes it'll push us all further. So yeah, I would just love to keep showcasing more of us, putting us on the panels and getting us on podcasts and YouTube. I so appreciate you guys inviting me and the other women um, to join you guys this week uh, to treat us like equals, like. We go to card shows and the last one I went to, a guy was, he said, oh, I'm surprised you know what PSA and BGS are. And I said, oh, why is that? And he said, because you're a woman, of course. And so it's just like, yo, like, just treat us like an equal. Um, keep buying cards from women. Listen to our point of view. Um, Share women's cards if you buy those. Support women's sports. Rock a jersey. Uh, maybe the orange WNBA logo. And just, I don't know, keep sharing more, showing more. And um, I think companies like like Alt, too, the majority of our leadership team is actually women leaders. And so just remembering, like, if you're in this industry, you don't always need to be an expert on cards but you just need to be an expert in what you're doing. Like me, marketing, cool, great. I can bring something new to the hobby. Um, and just trying to in invite more people in that way too. If you're a struggling business out there, I urge you to listen to that again, because I mean, it just like, it makes sense. It makes good business sense to bring in diversity of thought, because if you keep bringing yeah. in the same people, you're going to keep having the same results and your business is going to keep suffering. Yeah. So it actually makes a lot of business sense to bring in people with different skills and, and often women bring in, I mean, I, I have a younger sister and I see like when we work on business projects together, our skills complement each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'll leave it at that. And uh, Kendrick Lamar, he's one of my favorite rappers. I actually got to work with him when I was on the Nike side too. And he had a line that I always think of when I'm doing my marketing and doing outreach to people. And he said, how do I enlighten you without frightening you? And I think that's a really important part of 
how I communicate my journey in the sports card industry too, is just trying to bring people along with me on this ride and pique their interest and their curiosity in these subtle little ways. Um, and you know what's funny? You're going to leave the story at that? When he asks you, how do I enlighten you without frightening you? You're not going to tell the audience what you said to him? You said, just be humble. And it just blew up from there. <laughs> it just, it just, just blew up from there. It was, and the rest is history. No? Yes. yes. We love you, Luca Nation. This is... I love the 10 for 10 series. Cage, where the man? AG, I'm glad we finally got to beat in this, you know, in this context. Uh, your story's awesome. Your story's super inspiring. I urge people out there to, to reach out, uh, whether that's, you know, if you're starting a business, any content. Follow AG. Uh, where can people follow you? Yeah. So you can follow our company, Alt, onlyalt.com, or on Instagram, onlyaltofficial. Or me personally, I go by AG the OG on Instagram. Would love to connect. AG the OG. One of my favorite follows on IG, I'll tell you. Re really good storyteller, really good visual communicator. I already said that once. Shout out to Liv. She just got married. Give her some love. Uh, also, Liv Cruzat. Did I say that right? Correct. Cool. She just got married. Uh, also on the all team. Shout out to the whole all team. Love unfollow you, unfollow Lefko, though. Guy's got enough followers. <laughs> I'm just playing. You follow oh, that's Lefko. true. Lefko, creative director. Yeah, he is. Yep. Does everyone wear turtlenecks? <laughs> oh, no. I hope he doesn't watch that part. He doesn't watch this anymore. Ever since Cage flexed his Kareem 8.5 on oh, top of Lefko's. I don't team. have it anymore. And then he's taking him a teapot for his registry. Dude, that was really thoughtful. I gotta tell you, I don't, I'm, I, I don't compliment myself, but he said he said, "Wow, it was really nice." Had a little video. He was getting married, and he came on the show, and I bought him something off the registry. That's sweet. You know, that's what you do. Oh, it's what old people like me do. I mean, he sends people Bitcoin. <laughs> and why did you include an Ernie an Ernie Johnson card in there? Huh? I I didn't. I don't saying know. you wish on the back. You, I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even. I don't even understand what you're saying. Oh my god! Love you, Luca Nation. <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Now nah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.